Good morning everyone, I hope you're having a wonderful day. This is Sunday, 17th of Elul, and um, we begin on the bottom of page, on the last line on the bottom of page 27b in Tractat Edivin. So we learned yesterday that there's an argument between Rabbi Yehuda ben Gadish and Rabbi Lezer, who discuss and the rabbis. And there's a three-way argument. They discuss what you're allowed to purchase with the money of Maiser Sheni. Maiser Sheni, the second tithing, after the first tithing which he gave to the Levi. So you have to take the money and take it to Yerushalayim and purchase, purchase food items. So the Torah specifies which food items. So we had an argument between Abelazar and Abudam and Gadish whether you're allowed to spend the money to buy fish brine, which is a mixture of water and salt and uh, the juice of the fish. So Rabbi Leza Rabbi Leza says, yes. Rabbi Yehuda says you are allowed to because since it has the the source of the fish in it, mixed in it, so therefore it's okay. And Rabbi Leza says, no. That you have to have a piece of fish itself in it. It's not enough to have the brine of the fish, you have to have a piece of fish itself. That's the only argument. They both agree that fish, you can buy, spend money of mice to buy fish. question is if the fish brine is also okay because it has the juice of the fish, or it's not enough, it has the juice of the fish, the brine has to have pieces of fish in it. But the rabbis say, no, you can't have fish altogether. And what's the argument? Because the Torah says, the Torah says, the Nasat if you should give the money. And then the Torah says, spells out, cattle, sheep, wine, and beer, and anything that you want. So, Rabbi Yehuda and the Ben Gadish they say it includes almost everything. The only thing, the only thing it excludes is... Uh, so every the Torah includes everything. So, but but by spelling it out, the Torah does exclude. What does it exclude? So according to Rabbi Lezer, it excludes the brine of the fish if it doesn't have a piece of fish in it. And Abu Dhabi Gadish, it excludes water and salt. But the other rabbis hold that no, we look at it as kalal or prato kalal. And therefore, it has to be reflect. Yes, the Torah, since the Torah generalizes, there's a generalization in the beginning, there's a generalization at the end, but in the in the in between, there's specifics specifies. So it has to reflect the specifics. What do all these specifics have in common? The cattle, the sheep, the wine, and the beer. What do they have in common? And anything that intoxicates and cut intoxicating beverages. What does it have? In, what do they all have in common? That they all grow fruit from fruit. In other words, they're an, the animal and the plant are organism which reproduce with their own seed. They reproduce themselves with their own seeds. They continue themselves with their own seeds. The animals and, and, the, or, and the organic life. So too, it has to be with its own seeds. Anything that and it grows from the and, and its nourishment is from the ground. The animal feed its nourishment is things that grows from the ground. So too anything that grows reproduces, anything that reproduces from itself, from its own seed, and it nourishes from the ground, you can spend the money of the Maisasheni, this money in the Yerushalayim. Another Brice phrased it and said, Vlad It has to be something that literally grows from the ground. Not only nourishes from the ground, it grows from the ground. What's the difference between the two? The difference is. So the mother says, so this, the second b'raise, the b'raise that says that if you say klal or prato klal, 
and it has to be reflect the common denominator of the specifics. So what the cattle and the sheep and the wine and the intoxicating beverage have in common is that they all grow from the ground. What do you mean they grow from the ground? That means that they were created, so some created the animals from the earth. So animals that were created from the earth. And uh, obviously organic life is created from the earth, therefore grows from the earth. That I'm allowed to use the, the money of the Maishashani to purchase. But fish not. Because fish, even though fish nourish, the nourishment they eat does grow from the earth, but they themselves were created from the water. So that's the three-way argument, whether you can spend the money on fish or not. And if you could spend the money on fish, if it, the juice of the fish is enough, it has to have a piece of the fish. Now the Gemara says the last line on the bottom, on page 27b. In fact, the Gemara indeed say that fish are nourished from the ground. Person ate a small patis is a small non kosher aquatic creature, even though it's less than a kazayas. But since you're eating an entire independent creature, so you get lashes, no matter what size it is, no matter how microscopic it is, like no matter how small it is, like you have to see it with your eye, but no matter how small it is, even it's less than a kazayas, smaller than the olive, like arba, four separate malchus penalties. Why? Because Zerashi and the Goinim explain, the Rambam disagrees. The Rambam says he can't have two violations, two vlavin on one single deed. Um, but here, but the Rashi says no, and the other Goinim disagree, and the Rambam disagree with the Rambam very strongly. And he says, it means literally that, that it says we find two verses, two violations of a person eats, and any creeping creatures that crawl, that have no legs, that creep on the ground, there's two violations. So you get two lashes for those two violations, and there's two violations specifically about aquatic species, creeping, crawling things that crawl, that crawl in the water. So altogether is four. Nimala, a person eats an ant, then he gets five separate lashes, because you have two general, general against anything that creeps, doesn't matter if it's in the land or in the sea, that's two. And then... You have three prohibitions that relate to the land, the land varieties. Here, there we find three prohibitions. The Torah says you're not allowed to eat any creeping thing that creeps, crawls in the land. Sidra, if you ate a hornet, which also crawls on the land and flies. So not also you have the two general prohibitions. You're not allowed to eat anything creeping or crawling. And you have the three prohibitions relating specifically to land species. And in addition, that's five. And the sixth one, in addition, is... Now he says any flying insects you're not allowed to eat. And if you're going to say, so then that's what Rabbi said, but if you're going to say that fish also, that according to, that according to Rabbi Yehuda ben Gadish and Rabbi Lezer, and let's say that, um, or according to the first Braise, the Braise that says, that it includes anything that um, nourishes from the ground would include fish. Why? What do you mean fish are in the water, not on the ground? But since the food they eat comes from the ground, so they're nourished from the ground, so they're called from the ground, if that's the case, so even putisa, which is an aquatic crawling creature, since the nourishment that it receives is from the ground, so in addition to the four malchus, we get another two, because we should also consider it a, a, a creeps, a crawls, a creature from the earth, and it nourishes from the earth. If that's the case, so together you should be six, six, six set of lashes. So you're right. We have to say, no, it doesn't make sense. Fish cannot be called nourishing from the ground. Not from the ground. It's an aquatic creature. It's a, it's a water creature. The difference is birds. The man, 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 the
that the common denominator of the four things that Titus spells out, the cattle, the sheep, the wine, and the intoxicated beverages, is that it has to be anything that, that um, anything that reproduces, reproduces itself from its own seed, and it has to nourish from the ground. So that includes uh, birds. Birds nourish from the ground. They produce themselves. They produce their own. They produce themselves from themselves. They reproduce and from them their own. See? And they nourish from the ground. But according to the um, one, the Bryce that says that the common denominator is they have to grow from the ground. So animals were created from the earth. But birds, not so. One who says that they have to reproduce and they, they nourish from the ground. That includes birds. Birds were created from a mixture of the sand and the water. So they're not strictly from the earth. They came from the earth, not like animals. So therefore, you're not allowed to spend the mice or some money on on birds. Only according to Abelazim, and according to Rabbi Yehuda ben Gadish, who learned Yibui, Miyatu Yibui, then it's all inclusive, and the Torah spells out just just to exclude one thing. So that's the only thing he's excluding. So that includes not only birds, includes fish. Only the argument is only come to doesn't exclude doesn't come to exclude water and salt mixed together, or does it also come to exclude fish brine? Because even though it has the juice of the fish, but it doesn't if it doesn't have a piece of the fish, it excludes that. And Sabalaza's opinion. about a man, the Marbi Aphis Maitamai, the one who includes birds, the Bryce that includes birds, what's the reason the one, the Bryce that excludes the birds, man, the Marbi Aphis, the Basra Dafke. He holds, so what's the argument? If the two Bryces that hold, that we say Klalu Pratu Klal, and therefore it's much more exclusionary. So why does this one include birds and this one excludes birds? So because the argument is which generalization is the is the overriding generalization. The first, the, the one Bryce holds called the Basra Dafka. The final generalization is the primary one. And and in other words, we have like this. Sometimes the Tatus says a klal of generalization and then a detail. So there we have klal prat means that all there is, the klal only it, it, it only means the specific, nothing else, to the exclusion of everyone else. Klal prat means it's very narrow. That the klal, you make a generalization, you would think it includes everything. See, right away, the Torah specifies, no, I only mean this specific one, detail. So it's very narrow. Then you have pratu klal. That's a total generalization. You would think you just have one specific. The Torah immediately says, no, a generalization that includes everything. So it's very inclusive. So when you have klal or pratu klal, it's a play, it's a continuation of either klal or prat or prat or klal. It builds on that. And that's the argument. What does it build on? Does it build on prat or klal, which is, includes everything? But the fact that you've, the Torah first puts a generalization in the front and a generalization at the end and the specifics, so therefore it comes to minimize somewhat so, so you minimize the minimum. Your minimalization is also minimum. You just come to minimize and exclude. The less you minimize, the better. The more inclusive you are, the better. Or you say, no. Really, it's a kalaloprat, which reduces it down to nothing, just to the detail. Then the Torah adds a klal also to add something else. So you, you, what you're adding, you're minimizing what you're adding. And that's, that's the argument. The one who says it includes also birds, called basradavke, pratuklal, nasakal meisavav prat, pratuklal. So the klal adds to the prat. It's rabbi called mili, and I add everything. But nevertheless, the Torah puts a klal generalization in the front in the beginning. So called loydam mili mishneitzadot. That it has to be similar to the specification. The two aspects mentioned in the brayza.
that it it it, it rape, they rape, it reproduces itself. Birds reproduce themselves, and it nourishes from the ground. And that's enough to be included. The one who's very restrictive who says, no, you can't use the mice or chain the money to purchase birds. Forget about fish, not even birds. He says that the main generalization is the most important one. And therefore you have a klalu prat that's very restrictive. Only these things that take the spells out, cattle and sheep and, 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 and wine and intoxicating beverages. But the potato does add a second generalization, so you're coming to add something. That it has to it has to uh, include things that have to be similar in all three aspects, in all of the aspects. And the third aspects of these comments not enough, not enough that it reproduces itself or, or that it nourishes from the ground. It also has to be similar in that it actually was made from the ground, it grows from the ground, and that's only animals were created from the ground versus birds were a combination of uh, water and, and earth. And therefore, it does not include, it inclu- it excludes birds. Now the Gemara is going to discuss which foods you're allowed to use for a ruvit chumen shtufim avoyz. So Rabbi Hud, in the name of Rabbi Hud, said in the name of Rabbi You can make an eri with papuyin, a type of herb. Or purslane or coriander. Types of vegetables. Even though they're usually used as spices, but sometimes they use this food. Avaloi, but not with green grain. It's young ears of grain, which are harvested and they're still green. They're not fully ripe, they're still green. And not with dates that are not mature, which are usually not eaten. So, since these are not usually foods that are eaten, they're not ripe, they're not ready, you cannot make an aid with it. An aid has to be a food item, it's usually eaten. With coriander, you can make an aid It says, Coriander, a person who has a lot of children could eat it. Because it's going to harm the, the semen. He already has many children. But someone who doesn't have children is going to diminish his semen. So you shouldn't, you shouldn't eat it. If the stalks became hard enough that the seeds have ripened, nobody should eat it. Even someone who has many children because it's simply not healthy. So how could you say that you can make an edit with it? It's edible. It's what do you mean? It's dangerous. And it's not good for you. It's harmful. Explain what Rav said. It's not hardened enough for seeds to have ripe, so it's not it's not unhealthy. And only for those who have many children, not for those who, have, who don't have children. We're talking about it hasn't hardened enough for seeds to have ripe, so it's 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 healthy to eat. And um, even even people who don't have children could also use it as an aid of why. Because since it's an edible and it's 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 you can eat it. Those who don't men have many children could eat it. It's suitable for many children. Therefore, it's a food item even for those who don't eat it. Didn't we learn that a nazir who is prohibited from drinking wine could make an aidiv with wine, even though he can't drink it, but it's, other people can drink it, and the Yisrael can make an aidiv with truma, even though Yisrael is not allowed to eat from truma and the penalty of death, losing your life in the hands of heaven, but a koyan can eat it. So since it's edible, suitable for someone, it's considered food, and even the Yisrael could use it as an aidiv. So here too, even though it's not suitable for a person who doesn't have children, but since it's suitable for someone who does, it's edible and suitable, therefore even the one who doesn't can use it as an aid. Here too, even though it's not suitable for this one, it's suitable for someone else, and that's fine. I'll tell you, I was talking about a whole entire different type of coriander, from media, from modai, which are harmless variety of coriander. It's good for everyone, suitable for everyone, healthy for everyone, no problem. Therefore, you can use it as native. 
Green grain. It's not ripe. It's still green. You're not allowed to make a native. I'm Rabbi Ulam Rabbi. Ulam is the name of Rab. Kshus v'chazi is Ma'arvan ben Mbarchalim ben Pradam. Rab himself said that you're allowed to make a native. You're allowed to use it as a native. And you make a bayer priyadama, so it's fruits, it's it's edible. And with the Imadali Kash, it's not a question. This is before Rav came to Babylonia, so therefore he didn't consider it green grain as edible. Uh, he felt that it's inedible. After he came to Babylonia, he saw that everyone is eating it, it's an edible food. Therefore he says you can you can use it as a native. In certain parts of uh, certain parts in Europe, corn was food for animals. Uh, people who come from Europe are shocked in America. This is a uh, food, the food for people. This is in, in, in Israel. They didn't eat it when he came to Babylonia. So everyone eating it this is okay. So this is now I see it's a food item. So therefore, you can use it as an native. <laughs> the majority of the world. How is that a reason? Just because the people eat it in Babel. Because a minority group eats it, therefore, and even in bubble, it's irrational. If it's not, if it's not, if it's not, it's not it's, they shouldn't be eating it. So therefore, to how, how can they make it into something edible? But then we learn a pool, a beans and barley, a tilson, a fenugreek. So it's not only adequate, which he planted as vegetables. His intent was to use the unripened plants as green rather than ripened seeds, as, as vegetables. But his intention is avoided, and we follow the majority, since most people would consider the seeds the significant product of these plants. It's not really suitable for vegetables, it's only the seeds. Therefore, we ignore what his intent is. The seeds are liable for miser, even though that wasn't his intent to use the seeds. And the unripened plants are exempt from miser. They're not considered edible, even though that was his intent. Cress and garden rock, which he planted as vegetables. Both the unripened plants and the seeds are tied. He planted them for their seeds. Both the seeds and the unripened plants are tithed. Because both are significant products. Why doesn't he just say them together? Whether you plant it for the vegetables or whether you plant it for the seeds, either way, you have to tithe from both of them, from the unripened uh, vegetable. And when the seeds ripen, you have to tithe. So Taisa says there is a difference between the two, what your main intent is. Because there the are different times that you ripen. The, time, uh, um, the different times that you tithe. Uh, vegetables are tithe from when you actually uh, pick them. Versus uh, seeds are tithe from when uh, they are ripe. And it depends which year they're tithe, because you have different level tithings, different years. So... Do you look at the year they were picked or the year that they were ripened? So that depends what your primary purpose was. Your primary purpose was vegetables. Then, then, then you have to you have to pick them. Uh, yeah, then it's only when they're picked they're they're tithed. If the primary purpose is is the seeds, then then um, then uh, when they become ripe, that's when you follow. Also, it depends what your primary purpose is, because it says you're not allowed to uh, tithe. From the good and the bad, or the bad and the good. What's considered good, what's considered bad, depends what your purpose is, what you desire more. So if you desire more the, the, the vegetables, so I can't, that's good. And the seed, you don't care about the seeds. So I can't tithe from the seed on the vegetable. And, uh, and vice versa. Okay. So, the, so we see clearly that we don't follow what their opinion is. We follow the prevailing opinion. So just because in Babylonia they eat these unripened green uh, uh, wheat, so therefore, why would we follow what Babylonia, what they do in Babylonia? Why did that, could that be considered, that could that make it edible? Therefore, I, Rav said that you could... Use it as an native. When the Rav said that green grain may be used for native, the the Ganon and the Yosa.
garden variety, which is eaten in all parts of the world. And therefore, you can use it as you can use it as a native. Taisa was asked. We learned in Shabbos that we do follow a place. If an entire place acts in a certain way, then we do follow them. As he says in Arabia, they used to keep the thorns in their fields because they used to feed it to their camels. But therefore, it does have a significance. And therefore, for the whole world, it has significance. So, here too, since you have a whole country, bubble, a whole community, that they eat these green grains, so therefore, it should have significance. It should be considered edible for everyone. He says, no, there, the reason is because what the mother means there is that in, in, in Arabia, since they have camels, therefore they feed the thorns as, is, is, is a food item for the, for the animals. So it's not mukta, you can it's a, it's a food item. But, but he says, the rest of the world, the only reason they don't consider it a food item because they don't have camels. But if everyone else in the world would have camels, because we don't have camels. In Arabia, they have camels. That's, that's their main transportation. If we were to have camels, we would do the same thing. So therefore, for everyone, it's considered a food item. But here, everyone has green, vet- green grain and no one eats it. And the people of Babylonia maybe shouldn't either eat it. It's not healthy. That's the Gemara asked. But answers, you're right. But here we're talking about the garden variety. When Dav says you can make an native on green vegetables, we're talking about the garden variety, not the same green vegetables that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. But you're right. If just because a community um, eats a, 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 something that's not healthy, no one else eats, that doesn't make it a food item, and therefore you'll not be allowed to eat uh, to use it as an native. But I mentioned that both the seed and the green garden rocket plant are tight. But as the seeds of garden rocket was not edible, what, what, what is it suitable for? Why do you have to tithe it? Because those who lived in the earlier times, they didn't have access to pepper, which, with which to spice the foods, would take the seeds of the garden rocket plant, they would grind it, and dip the roasted meat into it. And the truth is, once you grind it, it's even edible. You have to say it's edible. Just dipping alone would not be enough, reason enough, to consider it uh, a food item. But it's only, it's only because it's really a food item, because re- but they, they used to do it mainly for dipping, but the truth is, once you grind it, it's actually a food item. And therefore, you can use, spend the money of the mice to use it, to buy it, and it also becomes impure. When he was tired, exhausted from studying, he used to go sit the entrance of the yeshiva. He said, When the rabbis would come, come and learn, Come in and out. I'll be able to rise, stand up before them. It's a mitzvah to stand up before a wife. It's a mitzvah to rise before a Torah scholar, even if he's young. And I'll receive reward for it. I'm too exhausted to learn. My head is, my head is, is I can't think anymore. I'm so exhausted. That at least I'll get a mitzvah. Question is, why? What do you mean? He, he he's looking for reward. The Jew has to serve Hashem not for the sake of reward. He's looking to receive a reward. So the Nei says something incredible. It says, And you should fear Hashem. So he says, the reward of respecting a Torah, true Torah scholar is that you get the fear of Hashem. That reward, that's the reward he wanted. Not he was looking a, a reward for his ego, for his, uh, for his own self-satisfaction. He was looking a reward, he wanted to increase his Yiddish Hashem, the fear of Hashem. So let me uh, let me uh, stand up in front of Torah scholars. So, also you look Nafik, also you look at the way A schoolboy came out. Amalei, my They just said, "What did the master teach you?" Amalei, I just learned in yeshiva and cheder kshus hadama. 
that the blessing for hops is created fruit from the ground. Chazis, but green grain, the blessing is to me it makes no sense. I would say just the opposite. Logic would say, hops nourishes from the ground, even though hops grow from the bush. But it's connected to the ground. It receives its nourishment from the ground. I should say, No, I'm the country. Green grain is nourished from the ground. So there I should say, But hops, it, it nourishes from the air. It doesn't grow directly from the ground. It's attached to the bush. But it receives its nourishment from the air. In a way, like, like, like mushrooms maybe. So I should make a shahakal. Mushrooms and make a shahakal. Since it doesn't grow directly from the ground, it receives its nourishment from the ear. But what's the law? The The child was right. My timer. What is the reason? Zayd has a good question. The reason is because the hops is a fully matured fruit. It finished growing. And you can call it a fruit. And you can say, because it's attached to the bush. But the green grain is not mature yet. So anything is not mature, I can't make a hadama, I make a shahaka vari. And the truth is, Allah says that any fruit, any grain, fruit or vegetable, which is less, less than a third of its normal size, then you would make a shahaka. You can't make a hadama. I the kamre, my the kamre. You say hi, my You say that the green grain is nourished from the ground. Hi, my vidakarabi. But the hops are nourished from the air, from like a fungus, like mushrooms or fungus. So the blessing should be shahakal, just like fungus and mushrooms. Lohi, it's not so. Kshus nami my Hops too are nourished from the ground, even though it doesn't grow directly from the ground. It grows from the bush. But nevertheless, the chazina we see the katlin lalehizmasa when you cut down the shrub. On which the hop grows, and Maisikshusa, the hop dies. So you see that it does receive its nourishment from the ground through, through the shrub. Okay, before we quoted, Rav said that a non maturing days may not be used for native. So your mother asked, Is it true you can't make a native, a non maturing? With non-maturing dates, but Tanya we learn a heart of palm. Nikah you can buy it with the meisum funds. but they're not contaminated with the tumma foods. So it's not really considered a fruit. The heart of palm, the palm hearts in the beginning when they start growing, they're soft and edible. You can buy it in the store, but then they harden and they become wood. So since they're eventually going to become wood, so I can't really consider it real food. On the other hand, when it's soft and edible, so I can call it, so I can eat it. So therefore, I can use the money for it. When it comes to, to impurity of food, to impure, food, to be considered food, regarding the laws of impurity, the Torah says food. I can't really call this food since inevitably it's going to turn into hard wood. It's going to be used for fire. But on the other hand, while it's, inev- while it's edible, while it's soft, it's first stage, since it's edible, so for the laws of tithing, Torah says, Torah doesn't have to say fruit, it doesn't say anyway you have to have fruit. Torah says a sheep, a cattle, sheep, wine, beverages, intoxicating beverages, anything that grows, that, that, that anything that... Um, that reproduces in their own seed, that grows, nourishes from the ground, as long as it's edible, that's all. So this is edible. So therefore, I can buy it, purchase it with the money of my Shani, but it doesn't have the impurity of, of food. It doesn't receive impurity. But dates, the non-maturing dates, you could buy with Maisa funds and do become contaminated with the tumma of food. They are considered food. Abuda says, case, hold water. Hearts of palm is like wood in all aspects. Except you can purchase it with mice funds, like we just said. I think it's fatal 
and a number of maturing days like fruit and all all legal aspects. Except that they're exempt from the laws of mice. They're not really grown fruits, so you don't have to tithe, tithe it. But everything else, they're like fruits, meaning they receive impurity. You can purchase it with the money of the of the of the Maiser Shani or Shalayim. You might all ask, so Rabbi Huda is saying the same thing as Tanakama. Okay, tomorrow we'll explain what Rabbi Huda is coming to differ with the original opinion. But nevertheless, what do we see from here? That you could make an aid, you're not allowed to make, a, you could make an aid with the non-maturing dates. So not like Rav said, the Bryce is referring to male palm trees, which never mature the fruits. So the unripe date is like the final stage. So it's considered food by the Bryce. Rav was referring to female palm trees which produce ordinary dates. So since these dates in these trees are not mature yet, and they will mature, so therefore they're not harvested in unripe states. So if they are harvested, they're not considered food, and you can't use it as an aid. How could you say the Bryce is talking about uh, male palm trees that the fruit will never ripen? Not unripened dates, but fruits that will never ripen, dates that will never ripen. Never mature? How could how could you say that? Then Rabbi Yehuda would never say that they're exempt from Maisa Vatanya. When Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says Lehuskru Page Besioni Elim Maisa Bavad. The non-maturing figs of Besioni, the place Besioni, were mentioned as having stus, el, only as having the status of fruits only b- regarding the laws of Maisa. We were said that Pagi Bisyani Vahini the Tavina Khayama non maturing figs of Bisyani and non maturing dates of Tavina, the place Tavina are considered fruits and they're subject to the laws of Maisa. There the Gemara there the Sefti is discussing the laws of the sabbatical year. Taita says you have to empty out your home from all your fruits and put it out. And make it available to the public, to everyone. But he says, there's a mitzvah beer. But when is the mitzvah to put everything out of your house? As long as you can't find these fruits growing in the trees. If you, the fruits are still growing, then you can still keep it in your house. But the rabbis say, you don't have to remove the figs from his house as long as even non-maturing figs, figs that will never mature, remain on the trees in the field. So the rabbis consider such figs as fruits. And Abihu said, no, non-maturing figs and non-maturing dates are not considered fruits regarding the laws of the sabbatical year just because they're still in the tree, as long as the, the, you can't find maturing grapes and mature, uh, maturing figs and maturing dates, you have to empty your house of all, all figs and all dates. doesn't help me that you have non-maturing figs and non-maturing dates. Dates and figs that will never mature are still on the tree, still available. Only in regarding the laws of tithing, then, then, then yes, then even non-maturing figs and non-maturing uh, uh, fig dates are considered uh, fruits and you have to tithe so how if our Bryce is talking how can you say our Bryce is talking about non-maturing dates and how can Rabbi Huda say you're exempt from Maisa he wouldn't say you're exempt from Maisa if this is if it reached its maturity if it's never going to mature then it reached its maturity and Rabbi Huda says you are obligated to give tithe so we have to say, Nebuchadnezzar says you're not obligated to give mice because they're not mature. They will mature, but right now they're not mature. And nevertheless, he says they, that it's considered fruit for everything, all regards. Except they're exempt from mice because they're not mature yet, but even in an immature state, you can purchase uh, purchase these non-mature uh, non-mature dates with your money from Maiser Shani, and it's considered food regarding the laws of tumma of impurity. 
So this contradicts Rav who says that you're not allowed to make an Eder with this. The Gemara says, Regarding the laws of Tumah food and regarding the laws of purchasing it with the money of the Maishasheni, it's different than an Eder. Why? Rabbi Yechanan said, we're going to learn in a minute in relation to what Rabbi Yechanan said is, that because they could be made, be made edible over a fire, you can sweeten it, even though they're not ripe yet and they're too bitter, but if you cook it, you can eat it, it's edible. Since it's edible and it's fixable, therefore, even now, it's considered food and it receives impurity, and you can purchase it with the money of Maizah Sheni. But regarding the laws of Erev, have to be able to eat it now. On Shabbos, it has to be edible today. The fact that I could eat it, if I do something with it, it doesn't help me. It has to be already edible, edible today. And nevertheless, he makes a distinction between between the hearts of palm and the unripe dates. Unripe dates, he could purchase with the money of Maizu and it's considered the food item. Versus the hearts of palm, hearts of palm, he says, you could purchase with the, with the Maizu, because it's edible, but it's not, it doesn't become impure. Why? Hearts of palm, you can also cook, and if you cook it, it'll never turn into wood. And nevertheless, you say it's not considered a fruit and it doesn't become impure. So Taisu says, because in the hearts of Pam, it, it takes a lot of work. It's a lot of hard work to turn it into something that will always remain a food item. Versus the uh, unripe days, it just needs a little cooking. You don't need a lot. It's, it's, it's ready to go. It's just, it's just uh, it's not ripe yet. A little cooking. So this little cooking is already enough to consider it even now as considered a fruit. Regarding what the Rabbi Yechna make this statement, this comment, that's something that you can cook because you can sweeten it. And this rice that we learned, bitter almonds, the small ones that are not fully grown are obligated to miser. You have to give your miser, your tithing, because they reach their maturity. Because the bitter dates and the bitter uh, almonds once they mature and they become large almonds it's so bitter you can't even take it into your mouth so uh, as as uh, as far as they're uh, being edible they reach their their maximum if they if you let them grow large ones are exempt because it's completely inedible tithing you only have to tithe food and not food sukim but sweet almonds is the exact opposite Large almonds are miser, are object of miser, the fully matured fruits. Smaller ones, because, because they're, they're immature, they're not mature yet. So it's not obligated yet to tie it. Both sizes of bitter almonds are exempt. The large ones, because they're too bitter, not edible. And the smaller ones, because they're not fully grown. Bahamri, others say, Both sizes of bitter almonds are subject to Meiser. Rabbi Hanina instructed, ruled that, that they're both exempt. The larger one, because they're inedible, and the smaller ones, because they're small, they're not mature yet. But according to the opinion that holds, that both sizes are subject to miser. Why? It's so bitter. It's inedible. Why would you be obligated to tithe? And this is what Rabbi Yechonah says. Because if you put it over fire, you can sweeten it and you can make it edible. You can roast it and you can make it edible. So therefore, you're obligated to tithe. Oh, mama, the master said, the earlier b'raise we learned about the name, k'ere, k'etz, hold Heart of palm is like wood in all aspects. El shnika b'katz and maise, except it can be purchased with maise funds. We're talking about Tanakama. What's the difference? And Buddha is saying the exact identical thing as the Tanakama said. The difference in Rabbi Huda and the Tanakama is if it's cooked extensively or fried in oil. So Tanakama... Would hold that cooking transform it into food, 
and it's susceptible to tumor. But Rabbi Huda holds no, that even after cooking, and even after after frying it in oil, the hearts of palm do not gain the status of food. They can never become tummy. Askel or Robert, Robert asks, Mikel and Man, Dama Shalke, we think that, is it possible that Yehuda is anyone who holds that even if you fry it, even if you cook it extensively, fry it with oil, not considered the food, but Tandy will learn the Braise, or Rashil, Yematama to us, the hide of an animal, and the Shilya, the sack around the, the, the baby of the animal, which are not considered edible, not become contaminated with the tumor of foods. But what if you cook the, 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 the skin, the hide, and Vashilya and the amniotic sac, which he intended to eat? The amniotic sac really is edible, but it's because it's disgusting. The moment you consider you're going to eat it, it becomes a food. So we see that if you, if, since if you can cook it, it's edible. When you cook it, it is edible. How can you say that holds it even? The hearts of palm is always wood, it's always considered like wood, even if you cook it and even if you if you fry it with oil. So you can say that. Even a Buddha will agree that it's considered food. Allah says, the difference in Abihuddha and the rabbis are the bracha that you make in it. We learn the hearts of palm. Abihuddha says it's a better pradam. It's food. Since eventually it's going to harden, even now when it's edible, you can make a shakal. That's what Rabbi Huda in the Braise is saying, that like Shmuel. That that since it's wood, since it's going to be wood, so you can't make a, a shahak, you can't make a bird pradam. Even when you eat it, it's edible, you make a shahak. Whereas the rabbis say no, when it's when it's edible, you make a bird pradam. Amlish Shmuel Rabudah, Shmuel says Rabudah, chinin a sharp one. Kavosach mistabra makes sense. What you're saying makes sense. That's nature. Say v'lachshir is because radishes which also harden in the end if left in the ground. We make the bracha bari priyadama. The mar says v'loyi. It's not true. Shmuel says that Rabbi Yehuda, you're right, and I'm wrong. But the says no. Shmuel is right. V'loyi. It's not the inshadai to the pugla. People plant radishes with the intent to eat while it's soft. So it's the intent that makes it a fruit. Dikleli, not the intradite of the kedah. People don't plant trees with the intention of eating the palm hearts. Their intention is to preserve the tree until it turns hard, so it becomes wood. Even though Shmuel praised Rabbi Yehuda, but nevertheless, the law is like Shmuel. Shmuel is correct. And you can't compare it to radish, as your mother says. Because the radish, you planted to eat it. But therefore, it's not dumb. Even though eventually it will become hard. But I, I don't plant it for the hardness. I plant it for the, for the stage of softness. But... But the palm, I'm planting for the stage of hardness. Even when it's soft, they make a shahaka. Now the Gemara doesn't discuss how much of the food is valid for native. Food has to be re- enough for two meals. Because it becomes your resident by placing the food there. Two meals are food for one day. Food that's normally eaten with bread as part of a meal, you don't have to have two full meals. It's enough. The food that you would eat together with the meal, together with the bread, how much would you eat for those two meals together with the bread? Not the food alone, two full meals if you just ate this food. But in a normal meal with bread, how much of this food would you eat in this meal? Hops and green grain, you can use them as a native. You can make a blessing. You make a blessing. How many hops is equivalent of two meals? 
required for a native. You have to give mother. Amar Rabbi Yechiel, like Rabbi Yechiel says, Kimlea Yad. A handful. Achanami Kimlea Yad. Here too is a handful. Chazu is become. How much a green grain? Two mil. Amar Rabbi Yechiel, Amarav. Kimlea Uzilsa de Ikri. A full bundle of the farm laborers. Who bundle the green grain. Says he can make an native using kalya, which is a hard stalk of a plant. How could you think so? Stalks, they're hard as wood. They're not fit for a native, it's not edible. And talking about greens of the kalya plant. How much? says a handful. says, went out to the villages to inspect those crops. Boy, you mean native villagers asked him, Lada Bapul Lachin, could I make an aider with moist beans? Uncooked beans are inedible. But the question was, what about uncooked moist beans, which are edible? Lava Biyadi. Abhirmir didn't know. When he came back to the house of study, and he asked the scholars, they told him, Rabbi says he could make an native with the moist beans. But how much? Rabbi says, he had a handful. Rabbi says, you make an native with raw beets. It's not so. Raw beast can kill a healthy man. If they're dangerous, how could, how could you use it as a native? It's not edible. We continue on 29a. The beach of Chizda was, was partially cooked. Abchizah says, if it's partially cooked, it can kill you. Nuna, however, was talking about completely raw beets. Raw beets you could use as a native. You're not allowed to make an native with raw beets. Abchizah says, that raw beets can kill a living person. But we see people eat it and don't die. The mother Hassan Bibasha Valay Basha. When Abunuda says that you don't make a native, he was talking about if it's cooked or not cooked. If it's half cooked or not cooked, then it can kill you. But if it's completely raw, if it's partially cooked beets, but if it's completely raw, then you could eat it. And you can, when Abba says you're not allowed to, he meant half cooked, partially cooked. But if it's completely raw, then you could eat it, it's not, it's not unhealthy, and you could um, use it as an aid. Well cooked beets, Yafel Olev is good for the heart, the table Naim is good for your eyesight, for Kolshkun the Naim is wonderful for your stomach. Amr Abayev, Udi Yosef, Abay, it's only if it's so well cooked until you hear the sound the sound from the boiling which makes a tuch tuch sound it's boiled so well then it's healthy everyone have a wonderful wonderful day